again, that goes back to what you said earlier. We're talking about feels. So the best players say they feel like they're gripping the club quite lightly. But when we test the best players, their, their grip strength is probably twice the normal human. So for them, gripping it lightly is still pretty intense. Um, one of the players I used to coach a little bit, he's now retired, he was a Champions Tour player. When he shook my hand, I would grab his forearm first <laughs> before he shook my hand because otherwise I'm going down to the floor. Make more birdies. A bottle of bourbon, a little glass, and some ice. This is not a tip. This is a prescription, trust me. Mm-hmm. If you don't, you will fall out of balance. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Birdies and Bourbon. Sit down and have a sip. Uh... Hey, John, thanks so much for taking time with us today. Uh, just uh, a quick shout out. Uh, he, uh, we'll, we'll never hear the end of it if, if I don't. Uh, so thanks to our mutual friend, Kevin, for, uh, for getting us uh, introduced to each other. So uh, excited about it. So uh, thanks, uh, thanks, listeners. Uh, thanks for coming on to uh, Birdies and Bourbon today. Our guest is originally from Northwest England, came to the U.S. in 88 to work with the legendary Buck Adams uh, out of Pinehurst, I believe. Or the Pinehurst yeah. area. Yes. Uh, for the for the past thirteen years, he's been ranked in the top one hundred golf instructors by Golf Magazine, and Golf Digest has recognized him as best in state for the past sixteen years. So, uh, please welcome to our show, John Tattersall. All right. Hey guys, welcome, thank John. you for having me on. <laughs> yeah, sure, John. Thanks. So that's uh, that's quite a pedigree you're uh, you're sporting around there these days. Uh, so thanks again for joining and, uh, you know, I'd like to, if you want to open up a little bit and talk about fusion ATL. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I appreciate you setting quite a pedigree there. It just, uh, I've just had a lot of fun doing what I'm passionate about for a long time and thankfully had some recognition for it, but, uh, the recognition is not the reason I do it, but, um, but it's nice to have it. Um, mm-hmm. so fusion is a performance center in Buckhead. Uh, it, it's it's a gym, um, but we we have a lot of phenomenal people in there that train great athletes. And um, I started it really to try and understand why I couldn't get golfers better. Um, so I wanted to look at performance totally. Um, so technique is one thing, but then how do you actually move better? So that's the reason for fusion. And and the good news is if you move better for golf. You actually move better for life, so it kind of it covers both ends of it. So we're a, we are a gym slash performance center, and there's some co- pretty cool athletes that work out in there. Um, golfers are not cool. We're trying to get more cool, but these are real athletes, <laughs> NFL guys, NBA guys, and that kind of thing. So um, yeah, we're, we're trying to be athletes. Put it that way. Yeah, I'm, I'm, so that, hey, outstanding because uh, we've got uh, we got some questions we want to we want to take a look at uh, take a look at with you. So uh, I know you're recognized, uh, and, and and you make mention of it quite often that you're uh, uh, early adopter to technology. So uh, TrackMan, Foresight Launch Monitors, 3D. I think you're using all of those things, and mm-hmm. uh, and and Fusion at Fusion ATL, right? I mean, it's uh, you know you you uh, made some statements, uh, or at least on. Uh, what tattersawgolf.com, you're talking about measuring stats and using data to assist players in improving f- performance. So yes. are there some examples that you could give of that, give to that? I mean, especially if, I think for, you know, our listeners, the recreational golfers, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. you know, how, how do we digest that and what does that mean to us? Yeah, it's, it's honestly, um, 
you know, you, you, somebody comes to me for a lesson and they want to get better. What I don't want to give them is some kind of offhanded comment about what they should feel or what they should do. So the, the more I can measure uh, the best players, then I understand what's actually happening. So I can help recreational players more by understanding what are the basic techniques that need to happen. Um, and I, I think one of the things, like I talked about this a few times today when I was teaching, the <laughs> paranoia that average golfers have, thinking that they can't think straight, they're not doing it right and all the rest of it, that doesn't stop. Uh, that continues all the way even to the elite players. Um, so it's kind of a journey for all of us, honestly. And the, the technology purely helps me understand what's actually happening. It doesn't tell me what the player was trying to do or what they were thinking. It just tells me what they did. Um, and the more of those patterns I can see, the more I know what to focus on. So it, it's really, honestly, if you went to a doctor and you had a hip pain and the doctor said, you know, let's just kind of talk about it and walk around a little bit and never x-rayed, you never, never did an MRI, never moved you around, you'd be a little concerned. And I think that's where we are. We're trying to kind of measure as much as possible and then, okay, we need to do this and, and go from there. So it just it's just to help me as a coach get a better starting point. And, uh, and the stats are fascinating because it's like looking at what's actually happening during a round of golf. How do I understand what is acceptable ranges of missed shots and, and, and what should I pay attention to? And then how do I build practice plans for players? So the more I can study data, the better answer I can give you, basically. So, so no doubt that, that uh, you know, TrackMan and, and the technology is, is definitely helping, right? And we'll, we'll talk about, uh, got some questions about DeChambeau and some other guys that uh, we'd yes. like to get your, get your, uh, get your <laughs> feedback on. But so is, is there room in golf for the, uh, for the traditional instructor that's just working off of, uh, that's working off a of feel, right? The recreational player that's working all feel and and is there is there can you improve from that? I mean, I, I would I think yes, you can, right? Because before technology, obviously people improved. But if yeah. I'm not using technology, am I at a disadvantage? Or what's what's your what's your thoughts on that? I think you need to have an understanding of the principles. So uh, you don't need technology. Like if I go to a tour event, I maybe have TrackMan out or Foresight to to measure the ball. But then it's really, it's go time. Like we're trying to figure out what feels the player have. We know what their tendencies are. How do we get them feeling comfortable that week? So you may talk a lot of feels at that point. Um, and, and a good instructor, like Butch Harmon's a great instructor, a great coach. It, does he need TrackMan to make somebody better? No, absolutely not. But he understands ball flight. So I think all this technology just really helps an average coach understand what they're trying to do and then they can the best coaches make people better however they do that so you've got to be able to relate to the player help the player get better coach them give them good feels all those kind of things um all the technology does i would say is gives me a better starting point uh, than somebody who doesn't use technology we're probably well, going to get to the same answer but when do we get that? Well, yeah, well, and you know, you're, you're speaking to Butch, and you know what he's doing, right? I mean, hell, he's working with—he's uh, not working with Cal and Dan here, 
right? So no. he's, he's, got, he's, got, he's got a little better medium to uh, exercise uh, and, and you, um, you know, in, in many cases. So I uh, de- definitely saw you, uh, you know, you, you're working with uh, plenty of winners, uh, you know, uh, uh, at, at the shop there. So. And, and losers. I mean, so think, about, think, about, think about this game. We lose more than we win. So uh, no matter how good you get, um, you're going to lose. So if you're not used to or you're not okay struggling, uh, you're not going to win. I mean, it's just you've got to be okay with the, uh, the bad shit that comes at you, basically. Um, You've you got to be okay knowing that you're doing the right things and hang in there when it's not going well. And um, and I think that as a coach is a, is something that you just get more resilient because you know, look, it's the, the good times are great, but you've got to kind of understand that bad shots are going to happen. How do we hang in, realize you're doing the right things more often than not, and just keep trying to get better? So it's much more about mastery, I would say, for most people than it is you know, just a, a one hit wonderful story and, and you're out. That doesn't happen very often. Yeah. The game, the game of golf. Right. So, Hey, you, uh, John, you mentioned, um, you mentioned principles earlier and, mm-hmm. uh, in doing some research on you and, and, and listen to you, definitely, uh, caught you on Instagram. saw you on YouTube and, and you're going through some things. So, uh, again, you know, a recreational player here myself and, and Dan is as well. Um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say one of the, well, it is one of the common things that you hear, right? And it's, uh, you know, you, you know, don't, don't choke the club, right? Mm-hmm. Easy, on, easy on the grip. And I, I was really interested to hear your comments uh, about the grip. So uh, I, I don't want to steal your thunder. So you, you want to share? No, uh, yeah, share? yeah, good. Yeah. I, I mean, so the, the uh, again, that goes back to what you said earlier. We're talking about feels. So the best players say they feel like they're gripping the club quite lightly. But when we test the best players, their their grip strength is probably twice the normal human. So for them, gripping it lightly is still pretty intense. Um, one of the players I used to coach a little bit, he's now retired, he was a Champions Tour player. When he shook my hand, I would grab his forearm first <laughs> before he shook my hand because otherwise I'm going down to the floor. So right. like he, he thought it was funny, you know, and, I, and I've got a pretty strong grip strength. And uh, yeah. but he would crush my hand. Um, so it, it's funny the first time. <laughs> it's funny the first time. <laughs> the second time I grabbed his forearm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm squeezing as hard as I can, and he's still kind of grinning. I'm mean, going, "What? What? Are you, what's wrong with you?" So, um, so yeah, that's that's kind of one of the things that gets a bit frustrating for players because they're they're thinking they need to grip the club lightly, and you really don't. Now, you everybody listening to this could grip something firmly and still have their wrist move. So there's, there is a difference between, um, you know, gripping lightly and not being able to, or, or gripping firmly and not being able to move. You still need flow in your body, which most people could have, but grip strength is a big, big deal. The big, the, the longest hit is grip it harder, basically. So yeah, not, not to belabor, but so you mentioned the, uh, you mentioned wrists. So you, you, mm-hmm. when you're saying grip it firmly, uh, you're looking for less, less wrist flex, is that is that the objective? Um, yeah, if if you um, when you swing a golf club, essentially you're swinging a one pound object around your head, and that club doesn't always want to go where you need it to go. So, generally speaking, most golfers overuse their wrists and underuse their arms. They their wrists hinge too much. They've heard about lag. Uh, they've heard about you know cracking the wrists and all this kind of thing. Generally speaking, the, the better players have more arm extension. Their, their arm 
radius and the travel of their hands is longer and their wrists do less. Average golfers, their wrists do more and their arms don't do enough. Mm, Uh, That's awesome. They get kind of narrow with the radius. So if you imagine you push your arms away from you and both hands are extended, that's radius. Most average golfers, that radius gets too narrow and the wrists get too active. Um, So we we want the handle to travel as far as it possibly can. Um, And it usually travels for about a second from take back to impact. So if that handles travel further in a second, you can hit it further. You couldn't have teed that one up better because where I want to go next is speed. Yeah, um, and, and, and you're talking a lot about speed. I, I mean, it's like the, this conversation is kind of like the golf swing, right? As fluid as we can make it, and it's just transitioning yes. through. So, uh, But you talk a lot about speed in the swing. And, and if you don't mind, just uh, a, a quick uh, comment. Uh, I, I want your take on it, uh, you personally as a coach. But I don't know if you saw the, uh, the Bryson comment or heard the Bryson comment that he said that his increased swing speed uh, is not correlated to his increased weight gain. And I'm like, how in the hell is that even possible? And why even gain the weight? It makes no sense to me, one, one or the other. But he's up to 140 mile per hour, give or take. Now, I'm sure that that's, you know, varies, you know, on course. And that's, you know, kind of, you know, he's measuring that on track, man, et cetera. But, uh, but, but what's, what's your take on that and, and how do you, you know, what, how would you translate that back to the recreational golfer and, and, and what do you do with that? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there that weigh 235 that don't swing 140 miles. An hour. So <laughs> exactly. It, it, before people get excited about putting weight on it, he's, <laughs> he's put muscle mass, he's put muscle mass on. So, uh, it, yeah. it's pretty impressive. I think honestly, he's done that, um, Somewhat of an experiment. I, I doubt he's going to stay that way for, for forever. Um, mm. There are some health issues with drinking six protein shakes a day that I'd be <laughs> yeah, no a, little, a little concerned <laughs> about. Um, but you, you need a certain amount of mass to move the golf club without potential for injury. So he's, uh, he's increased muscle mass significantly. Um, and Chris Como is a friend of mine. He's worked hard with Chris on um, ex, you know, ex, experimenting with how you move better for golf. So, um, you, we, we need certain things to get the golf club to go faster. So we always used to look at it like pound, uh, per yard. And so the longest hitters are actually pretty light guys that, that generate a lot of speed. He's done a bit of both. He's put on weight and generated speed. So it's going to be a yeah. fascinating tracking of what he's doing. Um, and part of what, when you started talking earlier, one of the things we, we track a lot is stats. And it used to be the old theory was, you know, drive for show, putt for dough, and it's not true. You've got to drive it better. And so he's just, you know, most golf courses have bunkers at about 290, 300. He's just taking it over the bunkers. Well, shit, he's smoking them, man. I mean, the bunkers aren't yeah. even into play. You they're know? they're so. not even, yeah, they're, they're aiming points for him now, yeah. whereas it used to be, how <laughs> do did, we Yeah, you just gave him a target. You yeah. gave him a target. Yeah, you gave him an aiming point, and he's just ripping it over it. So yeah. um, I get – I get given what I do, I get really frustrated with the people saying the ball's going too far. Uh, no, it's mm. not. He, he mm. is physically moving that golf club around his body significantly faster. And um, mm. the mass, but one of the things we measure is the ability to pull uh, with tour players versus push. So we don't have them do a lot of bench press. We're actually, they're actually pulling towards them more than they're pushing. Mm. 
because if you imagine you're standing there holding a, a weight and trying to swing it around you, to make that thing go around you faster, you're actually pulling inwards. You're not pushing out. Yeah, I mean, if you're pushing so, out, you're falling down, right? You, exactly right. You're going with the weight. So you have to oppose that weight going around your body. So if you look at Bryson in profile, like from down, uh, down the line, a side view, mm-hmm. we're looking at tour players like that. How strong are they on the back of their body versus the front of their body? Whereas most American mm-hmm. males, you know, you have great beaches and you go to beaches and you got – you got, you know, no curls, no girls and, and bench press and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> right. That's yeah, yeah. not where the tour players are strong. They're strong on the backside of their body. Sure. That's interesting. Yeah, which is interesting because th- – so think about Rory, right? And so during during the uh, the layoff, you know, he's doing mm-hmm. the uh, the Peloton challenge, you know, and riding. And, I mean, you know, if you if you take a – and nobody's doing this yet, which uh, may be a good idea, Dan. We ought to uh, put some <laughs> side-by-sides up. But if you look at Bryson, you know, what, like three or four years ago compared to today. But if you take Rory and look at him three or four years ago compared to today, there's a significant change in what he looks like as well. Yeah, yeah, I mean, one of the bad things is these guys sign with Nike and they want to look like athletes. Yeah, and um, <laughs> I, I uh, and I, I don't blame them. Look, if I was twenty some years old making <laughs> twenty five million, I mean, there's there's reasons you play golf, and one of them is the gallery, you know. Yeah, so sure. You want yeah. you want to look pretty good. Um, yeah, I tested I tested Rory in Chicago a few years ago on his squat after he t- signed with Nike, and it was terrible. And and he did a we're on the golf course when the players I was with was out with him. And, um, and I, I do stuff at the Titus Performance Institute. So I had a TPI hat on and he said, you were TPI? I said, yeah, I am. And he goes, yeah, my squat's terrible. I'm like, what do you mean your squat's terrible? You're Rory McIlroy, you know, you're making <laughs> Right. And he goes, yeah, I just haven't, I haven't paid much attention to it. And I said, well, you know, I can test you when you get in if you want. He goes, oh, I do it right here. I was like, okay. So there's like thousands of people in the gallery and he does this squat and it was terrible. And he, he comes up out of this squat and he's looking at me and I'm like, I'm, I'm not a good poker, poker player. So I'm looking like, holy <laughs> shit, that's bad. And he goes, is, is it, he goes, is that bad? I said, yeah, that's bad, Rory. He goes, yeah, I don't care really right now. I'm, just, I'm not that bothered. You know, I've just signed with Nike. I'm kind of making whatever. And I'm not that bothered. So. Yeah. <laughs> so he's changed his body. He's lifting a lot of weights, but he's not doing it functionally as much as he should be. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Bryson, I think, is doing it functionally. So that's that's the right. You know, don't just go putting weight on kids. Like, do it correctly. Yeah. Right. So and, and I don't mean to get on the train, but you know, you always have to. And and I didn't mm-hmm. mean for this to be the uh, the body episode. Uh, but mm-hmm. but I mean, it, it's pretty amazing. And just in in looking right. So one, we haven't seen live sports in three months. So it's like shit. Mm-hmm. I, I'll watch anything at this point. But but now you're seeing people coming back and or players coming back and and they look. Uh, and there are sig- some significant changes in their in their profile, uh, and, and two being I'll group them in that way we don't have to single one guy out. But Tiger Woods and Gary Woodland, and mm-hmm. and both of those guys look like they probably lost uh, I don't know fifteen or that, that, whatever Bryson gained. It looks like uh, <laughs> whatever they yeah. lost, Bryce, you know, Bryson took it in. He's been stealing their lunches. So, but you know, the the thing is like. It, you know, and those guys, uh, I don't know, Woodland's probably, you know, 30-ish maybe. And, you know, Wood Tiger's uh, obviously in his early 40s. But, yeah. you know, wh- like a Bryson, like how long is that sustained? I mean, you mentioned it earlier, like drinking all those protein shakes. I mean, it's going to have some serious uh, potentially has issues, you know, with uh, internally. 
But uh, and now you've got Tiger, which you know, I'm sure you watched the um, uh, the match, match too. And that mm-hmm. dude was just friggin' lights out, man. I mean, it that's probably some of the best golf that I've ever seen him play. Now, granted, it wasn't under tournament conditions, and it was one round, but uh, but he looked nothing but solid. And then look at Woodland at Colonial this week. I mean, that guy was uh, now he was having to do a lot of scrambling, as was everybody. Uh, yeah. But mm-hmm. but Woodland looked uh, looked really good. It didn't look like he missed uh, either of the, those guys missed any weight. Didn't look like they had any challenges with distance. Uh, I mean, what, what's what's the future look like? You think for the golfer and their physique and where they get to? Well, if you um, so Gary Woodland's obviously, I would say more prototypical of what you're going to see. I mean, pretty mm. uh, strong athlete, thick, muscular athlete. Um, someone like Gary, as he gets older too, needs to stay more mobile because he's probably plenty strong enough. And Bryson is what 26. So Bryson can do things to his body at this point that that are not going to affect him adversely until he gets in his 30s. Whereas Tiger, for instance, is I think he's 42, isn't he, or something like that. So he's got yeah. to mm-hmm. he's much more on the mobility side of things and and preventative than than Bryson's on the upswing. Um, so I, I read recently that Tiger was saying he wish he hadn't ran as much as he ran because running is not a a good crossover yep. for what we do. It's also yep. brutal on the body. Um, mm-hmm. So, like I said, Bryson, I'd be surprised if he does what he does for a long, long time. Woodland is more of what you're going to see, where guys get strong young, and then the transition comes where they go from strength to now they have sufficient strength to mobility. Uh, so there's kind yep. of um, there's, there's speed generation areas where you're up to about, 15, 16, 17 years old, where you're trying to get as much speed as possible. And then we move into more stability, get stronger. And then as you get closer to 30 and above 30, now we're trying to balance out the mobility and the strength more. So um, the Tiger's more in that mobility side of things. He's still plenty strong. He looks phenomenal. Um, Mm -hmm. The good thing for a lot of players, honestly, is as bad as this situation has been, for the rest of the world from this uh, COVID situation, the golfers never have an off season. Now they've actually had an off season to do yeah. some of the things they need to do. Yeah. So. Did you see, um, John, did you see Tiger at the, uh, the match that, um, and they played down at, um, uh, medalist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tiger said that he was playing a lot more tennis and more tennis than he's ever played in his life. And they were talking to him about, you know, how he slimmed down and looked great. Cal and I were talking a couple of weeks ago about, the parallels between Tiger and Nicholas and that Nicholas is actually, was actually a huge tennis player as well. He picked it up in his early thirties. He's actually got three grass courts at his house down there in Florida. And it's so much of a fan. These are like some of the only grass courts in Southern Florida and the Williams sisters come over to, to practice there before they go to Wimbledon every year. Um, so what are your thoughts on that? Why, why do you think somebody like a Tiger would pick up tennis? Is it as, we did, we were doing some research um, on you as well. And we heard you talking about how there's some, similarities in the golf swing and the tennis racket and you know the different types of shots people are trying to hit do you think that's something that is there something there you know what do you what are your thoughts on tiger playing more tennis i think well it's um so so good crossover sports are uh, basketball is good uh hockey like ice hockey is good uh somewhat baseball more pitches than than hitters but tennis if you think about it you're you're moving side to side a lot 
And so the, the movement of the body, you're also rotating as you go side to side. So, and it's a pretty explosive sport like golfers. So mm-hmm. it, it's not just, obviously, Tiger knows where the club face is and the golf swing probably better than anybody that's ever lived. Um, yeah. But the ability to accelerate, uh, decelerate, change direction, tennis does that for you. And definitely playing on a surface like grass or clay where there's some ability to slide um, because he's obviously had knee issues and that kind of thing to where you cannot, you know, you can't just come to abrupt stop so you can damage the, the knees and the ankles. Uh, so mm-hmm. playing on some kind of grass or clay surface, awesome. Um, because you're you're accelerating very quickly, you're moving forwards and backwards. Um, it may come as a surprise to you. I've never played in the NFL. I'm sure that's shocking to most of you. But, <laughs> hey, w- but, we saw your picture. We saw your picture. I, I could do it. I could do it for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have a lot of NFL guys in at the moment. I could not do it because I look at them and I'm they're super to talk to, but I'm like. I would not want to get in the way of you running because I'd be, I'd be like, I, I wouldn't even, they wouldn't stop. Um, but the, the guys that run the fastest, and you guys have got to help me, but the guy that covers the wide receiver, he runs the fastest on the, on the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that what cornerback, that? cornerback, 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 because they have Deion, to run Deion Sanders, man. Exactly. Cause they have to run backwards. So if you want to run quicker, run oh. backwards. And so it, it, the, the pattern of movement to run backwards helps you accelerate because to move, we need to be able to decelerate. Again, so we, need, we need to get the posterior chain stronger, the back of your body stronger. Um, so that's why I think games like tennis, it's, it's not just the hitting of the ball, it's the movement to get to the ball is what helps these athletes perform better. Ernie Els was a phenomenal tennis player. Um, in South Africa before he became a, go- a golfer. Or, That's right. As a, yeah. yeah, he yeah. was he was he was a champion in tennis and decided yep. to go with golf. But he was he was great at both sports. So well, it makes sense. A, I mean, if you, if you yeah yeah think about Ernie Els swing. I mean, they don't call him the Big Easy for nothing, man. And that dude is just so fluid. And if you think about the uh, yeah, I wouldn't. Cons- I mean, my sw- you've seen it. You, we made mm-hmm. you made some com- you made you made some mm-hmm. comments before we started. Very constructive, this, uh, very constructive, comments. <laughs> constructive <laughs> comments. Yes, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I wouldn't consider myself fluid. But I mean, Ernie Els. I mean, it's it's in, a very interesting point. If you think about the tennis swing and the golf mm-hmm. swing, and just uh, you know, if you can in your mind's eye think about him making a tennis swing and a golf swing. I mean, ve- yeah, extremely similar. I, I, I can absolutely see that. Yeah, I mean, hey John, let me ask you this. When, oh. sorry, yeah, go ahead. But just one thing I want to say. Mm. When you think about fluidity, yep. most golfers don't swing back fast enough. So they kind of go back slow. They try and be cautious, and they rapidly try and accelerate. So when, when Ernie is swinging, he is qu- pretty darn quick going backwards. So the, the effort down is a little bit more than the backswing, but it's not from zero to 1,000. It's like from 50 to 100. So most people listening to this, they swing back too slow. Hold, hold on. So uh, unpack that. Yeah. Uh, can yeah. you unpack that a little? So uh, obviously the listeners can go back and listen. Uh, mm-hmm. But again, I mean, think about, you know, myself, like a recreational golfer. Can you unpack that a little more? If we got time, can you unpack mm-hmm. that a little bit more? Yeah, there's um, we're, we're looking. We know we need a certain amount of force output into the golf club. And you, you cannot pr- really most humans. um I mean, it's a long conversation, but you, you cannot produce uh, massive amounts of force from a standing start. 
we need some momentum. So most golfers, elite players, the reason it looks smooth when they swing is they're swinging back faster than the average player, much, much faster. Um, and then when they swing down, it looks like they're only swinging fairly smoothly, but they're adding on to a fast backswing. Whereas a, a recreational player, they're going back slowly, trying to get it correct, trying to get all the positions correct. And they have no momentum built up in the swing, no force built up in the swing. And then they go, oh, shit, i got to hit this. And you, you try and rapidly accelerate. Sure. And then your friend said, oh, you got too quick on it. So what do you do? You yeah. slow down. It's, it's the worst <laughs> advice in the world. You, so you how, how, do you explain like a, how do you explain like a Sanjay that's the, that, that, that is like, I mean, that dude is like Mr. Consistency yeah. or, or even better, how do you, like a Hideki that actually has yeah. a pause at the top. How do you explain that? He's weird. <laughs> no 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 not me not me i was talking about no, sorry 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 yeah yeah sorry um he is an exception if you look at hideki's physique um his legs look like two of mine and i've got fairly big legs I and mean, he's massively strong and yeah. apparently he's trying to speed up the backswing so the the, the in in the um purely measuring things that would not be the optimal way to do it he is an outlier in that somehow he's figured out how to do it. And he so has he's like massive the, He's the Jim Furyk of uh, Japan. You got it. Yeah, he's the Jim Furyk of Japan. You wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't teach your kids to do that, but he's figured out a way to do that. And if you look at most guys from that part of the world, they're not built with massive legs, massive backside like he is. Yeah, yeah, sure. No, if they are, they're sumo wrestling. That's it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And then they can't move it whatsoever, but yes, he is, he is, he is a very, very strong lower body kid. I don't know what other sports he played, but it would be interesting to probably soccer. I would imagine. Highly, highly likely. Yeah. I mean, that's the, the, when you, when you start to, uh, and that's what always fascinated me. Like we talk about great athletes with air quotes. What did they do? What sports did they play? What influences did they have to make them great athletes? Uh, and so it's mm-hmm. like it's so generic to say, "Oh, he's a good athlete." Well, to me, I'm like, "Well, what the hell does that mean?" Like, what do you need to do? What do you need to? What do you need to train your kids to do? So- I, I hope I hope Brooks isn't listening because he's going to be so pissed oh, off because he is so bitter <laughs> that he's having to play golf and make millions of dollars and not baseball. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, play uh, play half the year and get. Guaranteed, uh, exactly. Guaranteed, uh, you're you're uh, exempt. Yeah, you you've got entry to anything you want to, and you're making mm-hmm. millions, and you're still mm-hmm. pissed about it. I just it, it blows my mind, man. I, I'm, well, I've never been that good at anything. So no, but but that's that's um, uh, you know, show me an athlete that's happy, and I'll show you somebody who's on something because I mean, well, they're they're not happy. I mean, that's what makes them. It's a double edged sword. They're they are constantly searching, constantly trying to get better. And they're a state of pissed off men. And they're just kind of like, you know, I, I, I put something on social media today. I had a text from a kid that I coach who plays golf in the U.S. in college. And, uh, and the text chain went something like, um, shot nine under today, but still not driving it well. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Right. You know. Yeah. Well, so, so, so speaking oh. of a golfer that's never, uh, that's ne- that, you know, uh, of an athlete that's never satisfied. So uh, I, I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring this up. Uh, mm-hmm. So fellow countryman, Justin Rose, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure you watched the tournament. He had a, uh, I thought he had an, well, compared to what he has been doing, he had an exceptional showing. Uh, mm-hmm. What's your take on uh, the, uh, the separation and the reintroduction back to the old brand? 
Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting thing. Um, he, he Justin is what late thirties, maybe close to forty. Yeah, yeah close to forty. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's played all his life with TaylorMade. Um, is there a significant difference in equipment? Probably not. Is there so. a significant difference in his mind or his approach <laughs> to what he's seeing? Yes. And it looks so like it on level, Sunday. Yeah, the level of trust that he had there. There was something obviously in the performance. So when when we're doing fittings with tour players, um, the fitters will say, you know, oh, that's the one, that's the shot. And it's like, yeah, but we need to go on the course and see what actually happens when the player's actually hitting a shot in competition or on a golf course because you can look at numbers all you want to on a range but when that player is standing over the golf ball and they have to hit a shot and they're not feeling good like this is the big thing that i learned a long time ago they are not feeling good hitting a lot of golf shots their their hearts in their mouth they're overcoming all the nervousness they have and so if there's if there's not that level of trust there in something that they can hold on to it, it, you know they're very very fragile at the core, and so something that that looked good apart from his bank account, something that looked good in testing, <laughs> didn't transfer to the golf course for for uh, Justin. And you know, say they were paying him two million bucks a year, which is a lot of money. They're play they're paying you know they're playing for seven million dollars a week. So oh yeah, that's like sure. two or three good weeks, and you're back to it. And the the difference between being phenomenal and being average now is not that far. So <clears throat> I salute him for kind of pulling the plug and not just keep on yeah. you know, chugging with it. But uh, there's a level of trust somewhere that wasn't there. I, I have no idea what it was. Uh, Sean Foley's a friend of mine, and Sean's really really good. He probably wouldn't tell me if I asked him. But, um, <laughs> but so, something they saw wasn't wasn't where he wanted to be. Secrets in yeah. the golf world, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's like um, hey, uh, one of uh, sorry, but one of Sean's stories when he stopped working with Tiger um, said he was going to write a book, and I was like, "That's ballsy." And he goes, "No, it's going to say thank you." <laughs> and, um, and but but that's kind of the thing I I like about Sean and all the other guys out there. It's like. We are there to help the athletes, and the stories are fun. But don't don't ever publish something that's going to make you sound good relative to the guy you're helping. Yeah, point. I mean it's all they're they're the uh, I mean that's the, that's the show horse, right? So I mean there you mm-hmm. go. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, you had a question. I interrupt you. Yeah, no. Um, you were talking about the backswing a little earlier, and the the backswing has to be faster than you would think. I would I noticed that last weekend with Bryson. I don't want to harp on Bryson, but mm-hmm. I just noticed how fast he was coming back. And that's because you're saying it's because that's actually going to help him with his accuracy and his down force going back toward the ball. That's what you're saying. Because it looked to me like it looked, it didn't look smooth, but he's doing yeah. that be- for many reasons, what you're saying. Man, many reasons, yeah. So there's, there's a, um, so for every golfer pretty much from the time you take it back to impact is about a second. And there's a ratio between backswing time and downswing time of about three to one backswing to downswing. And, uh, and so we know from, again, smarter people than me figuring it out, <laughs> if you go back, say you apply a force of, say, five whatevers, Newton meters or whatever you tested in going backwards, if you apply a force of twice as much coming down, we get a three to one ratio. So if you want to swing faster down, it's not up for debate. You have to swing faster back. Hmm. Okay. 
and it scares it scares people. Like when when I tell clients to do that, they're like, uh, "Okay, you lost your mind." Because I'm trying to swing faster forward. I go, "Yeah, I understand." You well, no, it's it's exactly forward. like what you're talking about about the grip. I mean, it's uh, I mean, as uh, you know, I mean, obviously, you, you know, we grew up in uh, different uh, different parts of the world, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's the exact opposite of what you heard. But I mean, that's probably, and, and if you don't mind, I'll segue for a second. I, I don't know how much more time you can share with us. But uh, but I, I wanted to segue into, and, and you've talked a lot about it, I think, that our listeners will be able to take away from. But, um, you know, we, we've always heard, you know, you, you don't grip the club hard. You got to, everything has, you know, slow back swing through the transition. And, you know, if you've got some pearls that you drop on, uh, drop on our recreational listeners and, you know, how do they get better? And, mm-hmm. uh, hey, remember, Fusion ATL, uh, I know you're, we'll, we'll give you a minute to plug yourself at the end mm-hmm. of this thing. Thank but, you. Uh, you, you know, you've got some virtual, uh, you're definitely doing virtual training and uh, you've got some great promotions out there. But uh, if you want to drop some pearls on uh, what have I, that, that, uh, the recreational player, what have I heard Mm-hmm. Uh, that that could be a myth in golf that I should completely erase from my mind and <laughs> implement something going forward. Yeah, I mean, so so if you want to score better, I mean, learn to love your driver. Like, is is whatever you need to do to get the driver <laughs> to go further. Um, like, whatever you need to do uh, to. And it, and if you have kids and you're trying to get your kids to play better, get them to rip it as hard as they can, and and we'll teach them how to hit it further uh, straighter later. But they've got they've got certain windows to try and go faster. So definitely try and hit it very very hard. Um, really try and keep your head pretty steady. It doesn't have to be still, uh, but keep it pretty steady. So the base of your neck. Uh, I, I, I do know the human anatomy pretty well, but I had a drink, so I can't mm-hmm. think of the actual vertebrae. But <laughs> it is called it is called birdies and bourbon. So we're drinking yeah, well, also. Attaboy, good. I love that. Um, so yeah, the base of your neck, basically where your shirt collar meets your neck. Keep that point pretty centered. So we need something pretty fixed to swing around, but you, your head can rotate and move. Uh, so keeping your head still is not a good thing. Um, and then, you know, one thing a lot of people do is they really have heard, you know, you start from the ground up, you twist your hips a lot aggressively, and the the hips do lead the downswing, but it's, it's milliseconds. So uh, I said it earlier, it's easier to teach pitchers in baseball than hitters. Uh, because the pitcher has to have hand control. They know where their release points are. And if you think about pitching in baseball, you really have to get your hand to go very, very quickly around your body. And it's the same with a golf swing. So you, you cannot just twist your hips and hope the golf club is going to move. It doesn't work that way. You have to twist your hips to move your shoulders faster, to move your arms faster, to move the club faster. So everything you do in your body has to get the club head going quicker around your body. Um, so if it's not contributing to speed at the club head, don't do it. Like figure so, out what makes the club go faster and do it. So this probably makes more sense to Dan than it does me. He was, uh, he was actually a pitcher in college. So, okay, uh, perfect. Dan, yeah, good. Easy he, teaching he, you, bud. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, absolutely, absolutely. All right. So, so you mentioned it earlier, uh, not to get away from golf, but I, I, we, we like to ask everybody that comes on and, uh, it, it's a very important question. Uh, so, so you got two choices. Are you a G and T guy or a V and T guy? Uh, well, G and T is gin and tonic. What's V and T vodka and tonic? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Uh, 
Neither. How about that? Uh, I, I, I uh, used to drink wine, and then I woke up at 2 o'clock every morning with a sugar drop, so I drink uh, scotch now, which I never ah, oh. do. Yeah. Uh, and bourbon is like, it, I, I don't know, it's, it's too strong for me. I must be weak man from England or something. I can't, I can't handle it. We love that answer. Yeah, but but apparently, yeah, it contributes to the color of Scott, so I'm a big fan. Hey, I'll tell you what, as long as you don't answer V&T, it's a winning answer. Okay, good. That's right. (laughs) We'll have to have Cal send you one of his blends of bourbon Uh, and get something nice and smooth for you. Look, I I find it fascinating when something like that, when you can explain – like what goes into it, what makes it so good and what you're looking at, that is interesting as hell to me. So yes, I'd love that. Yeah. So uh, you may have some other things to close out with. Uh, if you'll give me just a second, um, who are your picks for Hilton Head this weekend for Harbortown? Oh, gosh. Um, that's always a tough one because there's, there's so many good players now. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, back to looking at data, the people that hit the most greens – uh, you, you're looking for a ball strike around there. You've got to move the ball both ways. It's very, very tight. Um, you, you have to be able to cut the ball and draw the ball. So uh, typically speaking, it's a guy that, that hits the ball very, very well. I know they all hit it well, but it's a guy hitting yeah. it well, hitting a lot of greens. And then whoever's hot with the putter this week. So I, I, I haven't looked at the field. Uh, I've got a few friends of mine down there who are coaches that I'd, I'd prefer it to be one of their guys. But uh, – so, so you're, you're not going to give us a name? No. No. <laughs> no so, Cal, I'm, gonna, Cal, I'm just going to go on the record and say he just picked with me. He picked Justin Rose. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's, that's what just happened. <laughs> All right. No, well, the well, na- na- name's recorded. He won't be Justin Rose, but there. Uh, good one. <laughs> I'm picking Sun J.M. <laughs> yeah, I'm not liking that either, but go on. Keep going. Oh, okay. I did have a I did have a top five, but uh, no, no, that, that's fair, yeah, man. That's yeah, we just I, wanted I, to. Well, here's, here's the thing: I've got a friend of mine who gambles a lot of stuff, and I I gave him some names a few years ago, and I didn't get one of them right. So it's like a, I feel guilty <laughs> when I when I get it wrong these days. So I'm like, I oh, just you, 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 you know who I like is I I actually like uh, I, I picked him last week for Colonial. Uh, he didn't pull it off, and most people hate him. Uh, I don't necessarily, uh, but Patrick I picked Reed. Patrick. Yeah, I picked Patrick Reed to win Colonial, and and yeah. it would not surprise me, man, if that dude because you know he kind of. Uh, I mean, he played decent Thursday, Friday was eh, Saturday was shit, and that dude smoked it <laughs> on Sunday, and it would not surprise me if he comes in just balls a blazing and tears that place up. His putting well, was phenomenal, man. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a great putter, and typically, I mean, the greens are so small at Hilton Head. If you hit the greens, you're going to have a look. You, at you're going to make think, the putt. Yeah, I think the yep. record for gr- putts for the tour is. Uh, what was is name? it at Harbor Town? It's at Harbor Town. N- Nineteen putts, I think it is. Right oh right wow! Now. What to check uh, that out, Dan? Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, Kenny. Yeah. Uh, Kenny Perry. Ken, not Kenny Perry. No, Kenny can't putt for shit, but he wins. He hits it great. Um, <laughs> I'll think of it as soon as we hang out. But uh, yeah, 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 it's fine. But the green, the greens are small, so if you hit the green, you're gonna have a look at it down there. Yeah, I mean, it sticks, and uh, it's probably gonna be humid as hell, and it's definitely mm-hmm. gonna be hot. Uh, yes, so, yeah, you know. So yeah, but, uh, yeah, I think the older dudes are gonna gonna struggle, man. I think they're gonna have a rough time through the rest of the year. So, well, the good news about Harbortown is you've had um, so many different winners. You've had long hitters, short hitters, you know. So it 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 really. Um, 
takes the driver out of the hands somewhat just because of the, the curves and everything else. It's not yeah. a bomber's course per se. It's a good ball striker's course. Well, let me ask differently then. Let me ask differently. Who do you think is going to play? Who do you think is going to play well? Not to win, but who do you think is going to shine? What about Justin Speed or Jordan Speed? Excuse me. Do you think he's going to shine, or do you think he kind of crapped out on? uh, You know, I thought he won last week. I thought he really played well, and I thought it was a win for Jordan Speed at Colonial. Uh, Now, granted, he was doing that. That he had that Speed magic man. I mean, that dude. Was I mean, he was smoking like 30, 35 foot putts that people, it, you don't friggin' hit that shit. You don't hit no. it. But he was doing the speed thing. But he was also scrambling from places that, like, if you don't make a 35 foot putt, you're in the, you're, you're sitting in McElroy territory. So yeah. <laughs> who, who do you think shines this week? Not a winner, but who do you think, who do you think shines? Yeah, I think um, I think Jordan has done a better job with his driver. The driver is very very tough down there, and uh, it'd be mm-hmm. interesting. It'd be a great test for him uh, off the tee to see how he does. Um, one of my friends coaches Charlie Hoffman. I don't know if Charlie's in the field, but he's a good ball he striker. Is. Uh, not an awesome putter. Um, again, same guy that coaches Ches Reeve. I don't know if Ches is in this week, but Ches is a super straight <laughs> hitter. Uh, that will be we good love Ches. Yeah, Ches is great. Cooch has done well down there in the past uh, because you're going to miss greens. So you need somebody who's a good scrambler as well. I'm fading um, Coocher. I'm Even though he's won twice down there, I'm fading Coocher this week. I think the layoff's going to get to him. Yeah, Cooch um, is unbelievable. I've worked with Cooch a little bit, and he's just he's just bulletproof. He doesn't just keep rolling. He does. Yeah, he does. Uh, pretty impressive. Um, we used to call hey. him back to speed. We used to call him Baby Jesus. We couldn't figure out. <laughs> oh no 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 no! Then Tommy Fleetwood showed up, and you got your own Jesus. <laughs> yeah, no, that's impressive. Yeah. He has, he has no, 12 that's friends impressive. And long hair and <laughs> drinks wine, probably. Um, knowing Tommy, yeah, he's go. impressive. There you go. Now, so funny. Tommy, if Tommy was in the field, I'd say that'd be a good golf course for him. Yeah, I would too. Phenomenal, but yeah, he's not phenomenal in. Phenomenal line. Yeah. He's not in. Quarantine got him. Yeah, yeah, he's phenomenal make the line. Jump, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. I don't blame him. Yeah. Yeah, it's right. Cool when you when you can stay home and not play when there's seven people on the table, and you're still comfortable. You're still yeah. comfortable. It must be nice. I don't have yeah. that problem. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Dan, you got anything? And uh, I, I want to. Uh, I'm not trying to run us off. I mean, I could sit around and drink all night and chit chat. But uh, John, I, I don't want to keep you. I mean, you probably. Uh, I know we uh, we bumped back a little bit because uh, you got a full teaching schedule. I mean, golf has really taken off during COVID. Yes, uh, everybody's yeah. working from home. Yeah. Yeah. So what yeah, a better time to work on your swing, right? So <laughs> exactly. Um, exactly. I don't want to hose you. So, uh, hopefully this thing has gone really well. And um, I, I would love to do it again, man. And, and oh, no, I'd, 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 I'm happy to. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah. I'd actually like a, I'd like a teaching lesson in some fact. Well, I mean, it's, well, uh, well, uh, and I'll do more research on who's playing well, but next time I come on, so I have better answers. <laughs> no, for you. Well, we, we didn't good. give you anything, so we like to keep it yeah. kind of free and footloose, yeah. and uh, you know, just talking, just keep it a con- have. Let's have a drink, and next time, uh, you know, I'll blame Dan for this one. Uh, we usually like to send you out uh, something to drink, so understood yeah. that you, you're mm-hmm. a Scotch man, and uh, even though it's birdies and bourbon. We're not afraid of scotch, uh, so we'll uh, we'll work on something for you. Uh, is it okay if I send it to uh, Fusion ATL? Oh, yeah. Let's look up the yeah. corporate uh, address and send you yeah. a package. Yeah. 
Yeah, hopefully yeah. Uh, somebody at the club doesn't drink it before I get to it. But yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, 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 if, if that's the case and you're the boss, you need to fix that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm in charge. Yeah, exactly. I just own the place. I don't, I'm not actually in charge. <laughs> Dan, you got anything else you want to close with, bud? No, no. Hey, John, thanks, for, thanks, thanks so much for coming on. We had a blast talking with you, and you, you're so insightful on this. And you know, just in researching you, you, you have this um, a curiosity for the game that just it just shows throughout the whole conversation and everything. Now, he, you do. Dan, so, he thank has you an so much. He has an accent. He has an accent. Oh, that too. That too. <laughs> that, that's no, that's it. But no, me. thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you no, so no, much hey, for coming John, on. Yeah, no. Hey, man. Do you, yeah, do you want to close out with anything, bud? Is there anything you want to? No, uh, I, I'm good. I, I um, you mentioned Tattersall Golf. That's where there's a lot of good information that people can look at. And, and Fusion Atlanta, we're redoing the website there. But uh, we're we're always fascinated with people help, helping people that want to get better. So you know, if uh, if we can help people, let us know. We're happy to do it. And yes, both of you, absolutely. Dan, Cal, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. It's good fun. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, good stuff. We'll plug you on. Uh, it'll be uh, birdies underscore bourbon at Instagram and uh, Twitter. And mm-hmm. uh, hey, what's uh, you're at Tattersall Golf on Instagram, Tattersall John? Golf. Yeah, and on uh, Twitter. And on Twitter. Yeah. 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 So uh, so check us out. We'll be dropping this later in the week. And uh, mm-hmm. thanks for all the listeners and participants. Uh, mm-hmm. We were still drinking Heaven Hill bottled and bond seven year through this thing. So wow. uh, hopefully we didn't screw anything impressive. up. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, have no, I have no idea what that means, but it sounds really good. Uh, check checks in the mail, John. Don't you <laughs> worry you about so it. Much. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, hey, guys. cheers, guys. <laughs>